Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Murabayashi. Alan, I am kind of a Bond fan. Me too. Good, yes. Especially a Daniel Craig fan. Uh, Love him as Bond. And the final one with him in it uh, has just come out. And you found a great article about the still photographer that was on set, photographer Nicola Dove. Um, She took photos for the marketing purposes of the movie and still set photographers is a niche part of photography that I have always been super, super interested in. It takes years to build out a portfolio and to become reputable within that industry. It's a real, real niche. She's been in the business for 20 years. You found that she has 45 credits on IMDb. I mean, she's photographed a number of movies and it sounds like she just had an incredible time on the set of No Time to Die. So my buddy Carrie Fukunaga was the director for the film so a bunch of uh, of friends went out to go see it on Thursday which was the preview opening night last week. Uh, had a great oh. time and you know the amazing thing about watching the movie and then sort of comparing it to the stills is how similar kind of the whole look and feel of Nicola's stills are to the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think she did a fantastic job. Of course, she is on set. Originally, still photographers on movie sets would put their cameras into camera blimps to make them completely silent. But nowadays, of course, with mirrorless cameras, a lot of photographers don't need to do that anymore. They just put them into silent mode. Uh, I don't know what types of cameras uh, Nicola is using, uh, but I will say that her her stills from this movie are fantastic. She started an online course called the Film Stills Academy. So if you want to learn more about shooting on movie sets uh, from Nicola and some of her friends who are also in the industry, you can uh, check that out. We'll have that link on our blog at blog.photoshelter.com. And the other, you know, the other use case that I found for the marketing uh, images, of course, is on news pieces. And on Condé Nast Traveler, there's a cool piece uh, entitled No Time to Die, director Kerry Fukunaga on bringing James Bond to Italy, Jamaica, and more. So they visited a lot of these iconic travel destinations that Bond has visited through many, many movies. But the opening image is set in Cuba. It's actually a set uh, in London. But it's such a great photo. <laughs> it really kind of shows that theatrical lighting and, and shows you what you can do if you're in the right place at the right time on set just like with any other photography. Absolutely. I I had the opportunity of interviewing uh, still set photographer Justin Lubin um, a couple years ago. He was the set photographer on Get Out. And I mean, the job just sounds so cool. You get to kind of be a fly on the wall of these sets, watch the actors make magic and the directors make magic. It just seems like a great job. I'm sure it's pretty grueling too, because you're probably on set for, for the entire time that they're shooting in a given day, which could be, you know, 16 hours a day. Uh, and some of these oh, sure. shoots are, you know, 60, 90 days. Uh, so I'm sure it's exhausting, but it must be really, really cool to see everything come together and know that you have that, that behind-the-scenes look at everything. So congratulations to Nicola. Great job. Congratulations to, to Daniel Craig and Carrie Fukunaga. Love the movie. Everyone go see it in the theater. We came across a tweet by the African Women in Photography account about a blatant case of plagiarism. The AF Women in Photo account tweeted, quote, and in another case of theft, photographer Andrea Sacchetti is showing work at the Milan Photo Festival that looks eerily similar to Aida Mulina's work. Inspiration is one thing, 
but plagiarism is just unacceptable. So let me tell you a little bit about Aida Mulana. She's an artist photographer based in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. She's had an illustrious career. She graduated from Howard University, actually grew up in Canada, uh, and worked at the Washington Post as a photojournalist. Her work is a part of the permanent collection at the MoMA and at the Smithsonian's National Museum of African Art, among other museums. She's also the founder of the Addis Photo Fest, now entering its sixth edition. It's a biennial festival and the first and only international festival, photo festival in East Africa. Very accomplished. Very, very accomplished. According to PDN, her body of work, 99 series, was developed for inclusion in the divine comedy Heaven, Purgatory, and Hell, revisited by contemporary African artists, a 2014 exhibition curated by Simon Njabi. So 99 series was her set of photos, 2014. Her artist statement for this series begins, quote, Inferno is made of history, not only of a country, but of self, of exile, of bloodshed, of loss, of mourning, of bitterness, of broken hearts and broken wings. Now, if you're familiar with her work or if you're just being introduced to her, She's used this sort of visual trope uh, uh, frequently. She, she photographs a model in white makeup. Um, in this case, a very Spartan black and white striped top. Uh, and for this particular series, most notably red dyed hands or red painted hands. And uh, the model is, is photographed against this mottled gray backdrop. The photos are contrasty, super vibrant, and thought-provoking. And if you see these images, they're very arresting visually, I think. Yeah, they're absolutely beautifully lit. Great, great sort of artistic portraiture. Now, over at the Milano Photo Festival, a photographer named Andrea Sacchetti, who according to a statement by the festival, is a student at the Italian Institute of Photography, and he was assigned a project on Dante's Inferno. Oh. I looked at his Instagram account. He looks like a teenager. He looks like a really young, you know, student. Now, the image in question that Milena originally photographed in her series is a model with her head slightly tilted to her right. Her red hands are rested on her cheek and her chest and three other red hands come into the frame to grasp the model at different points. Sacchetti's image is of a white model in white makeup with red hands resting on her cheek and her chest and three other red hands coming into the frame at the exact same places as Milena's image. Mm. The, the mm. visual similarity is, I mean, it looks like a, a bad carbon copy. And I just want to note that when you even just Google uh, Melina, her name, this is the image that pops up in the knowledge panel. This is like one of her most well-known photographs. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> now, you can't copyright a concept. And in the history of photography, even in the recent history of photography, many photographers have accused other photographers of plagiarism. We saw a few years ago the the now deceased uh, Chinese photographer Ren Hang was accused of plagiarism after he had an exhibition. His work has very, very strong whiffs of plagiarism uh, of other work by Ryan McGinley, Guy Bourdin, Robert Farber, and Robert Maplethorpe. Um, and we'll have that link as well. There's a, another article that shows you the visual comparison. Some of them are sort of, you know, they're evocative of other artists, and some of them are pretty dead on. 
and mm. then, of course, a few years ago, the Iranian photographer Solmaz Daryani accused the photographer Maximilian Mann of copying her work from Lake Urmia in Iran. So, you know, uh, accusations of plagiarism aren't new, but there are clearly examples that are much more blatant and much more obvious copies, and this happens to be one of them. Now, I will say, you know, Sarah, you are a photo student, and I took photo courses as well, and I think it's totally fine mm -hmm. to replicate images that you admire. I mean, that's part of being a student, I think. It, it can be a very instructive process to go through. But I draw a line when you take your really poor carbon copy and enter it into a festival or an exhibition mm -hmm. without explicitly mm -hmm. stating what the source material was or without explicitly saying that this is an homage. It just, it, it, it's crazy how similar these images are. Yeah, I think what's the most striking, of course, other than the use of the, the paint on the skin, the white and the red paint on the skin, really is the placement of the hands. Yeah. I mean, it, it is basically identical. <laughs> so this accusation came out on Twitter uh, and the festival, the Milano Film Festival, made a statement uh, in Italian, which was translated through Google Translate by some, uh, some other Twitterers. Uh, and they said, quote, it is also true that Sacchetti had to indicate the inspiration for Aida Mulana's image, but there was no will to plagiarize against such a prestigious author. And we know that the young photographer has already apologized to the author. It's a really weird statement. And I know some of, some of the subtleties have been lost in the translation, uh, but I know some people who read Italian read the, the festival statement and said, this particular sentence about there was no will to plagiarize is an accurate translation. And I just don't mm -hmm. see how that isn't, I just don't see how that, that could possibly be true. This is clearly a copy of Molina's work. Right. Especially because we know that the subject matter, <laughs> like the, the concept, right, was supposed to be the same, Dante's Inferno, yeah. um, combined with just the actual aesthetic of the image. So I don't know that I fully criticize Sacchetti for copying the image because, again, I think a lot of people do that when they're students. Uh, I think he made a critical mistake in having it be a part of the exhibition. But I also think the festival organizers have a ton of egg on their face uh, and have done the wrong mm -hmm. thing here. I think what they should have done once they were made aware that this was a copy of another artist's uh, work was to remove the image from the festival. And they should have released a statement indicating that it was, it was copied from Aida Mulana rather than saying, oh, right. no, plagiarism was intended. Yeah, and even and that would have been a better look um, because on top of all of this, there even is, you know, the criticism of the event organizer um, not even knowing Mulana's work or, or of it and when she is such a prestiged... Uh, photographer. Yeah. And, and I don't expect every festival organizer to know every photographer out there, but it, it is a case that when it's brought to your attention, that you shouldn't sort of go into this weird deniability and try to gaslight your audience. And it also says, well, maybe you need more diversity in your festival jury um, right. or, or advisors so that right. you're aware of other uh, work that's going on around the world. 
Alan, did you have a chance this week to read the New York Times article, Who is the Bad Art Friend? No. Okay. It, it is a, a very, very fascinating account of two writers um, that were a part of a same Facebook group, and one accuses the other of plagiarism, basing a, a short story off of her own life. Oh, wow. And... and and yeah, and, and it, it goes to court because of like, right, because of like plagiarism and copyright and all that. And I kept thinking as I read it, I wonder what the equivalent within the photo world of this would look like or be. And it is kind of, mm. in some ways, this is slightly similar. So go read it. Everyone listening should go read it. It's incredibly interesting. And uh, yeah. Uh, the photographer, Laura Larmo, who's actually living in Italy, uh, tweeted, quote, I find so unfathomable. Uh, what I find so unfathomable is that the festival, even after being caught in the mess, didn't bother to find out more about Mulana, even though they pretend to show their appreciation talking about, quote, valued artists. They clearly didn't because they act as if the issue was one image only. Uh, Sarchetti had a series of images using this same sort of white painted model with the red hands. Uh, he he presented his work as a series of diptychs, um, but again, it's you know it's inferno. The visual similarities are indisputable, um, and it's just a really really unfortunate case. Now I came across a response by Aida Molina. She published a video response oh. on Twitter, uh, and she said. I take this quite personally, not just for me, but imagine for other photographers and other artists who nobody knows or who are trying to come up, who face the similar challenges. So with that said, uh, for me, it's, it's still a conversation that needs to continue. Just because there's been uh, one post shared and a couple uh, messages sent, it's not the end of the conversation. And I do believe having a clear and concise sort of unpacking of what has gone down, I think this is quite relevant. Got to agree with mm. her. Got to agree with her. I mean, yeah. this is one specific instance, but of course this has happened multiple times and it shouldn't be the case that a student um, backed by a festival get away with such blatant plagiarism. And again, this is not a, it sort of looks like, and so it could kind of be inspired by, look at the images. And I mm -hmm. think most people will Look agree <laughs> that they are way yeah. too similar to be any sort of coincidence or way too similar to be any sort of homage. You came across on Twitter, uh, photographer Virginia Hanasik, who tweeted a very cool rep visual representation of the watershed that drains through Louisiana. And she was reminding people, you know, that Southern Louisiana is still recovering from Hurricane Ida. We've seen a lot of print sales within the past couple years, but this one is pretty, there's some pretty beautiful photographs and it is photographs for Louisiana. Um, it's a fundraiser that ends this coming Wednesday, October 13th. They're selling prints uh, that are eight by 12 for $150. And there's honestly some great names on the roster, Fantastic. including Alex Soth, Stacey Kranitz, Sam Euclid, and many others. Uh, I love, there's a luscious photo of greenery uh, and with a low sun in the sky by Devin Lunsford. A uh, bunch of different photos that would be great hanging on your wall. Uh, and you support kind of resiliency, climate resiliency for uh, South Louisiana. 
on that website, photographsforlouisiana.com, uh, there's a statement that says, quote, on average, a football field worth of Louisiana's coastline disappears into the Gulf of Mexico every 100 minutes. That's unbelievable. When Hurricane Ida made landfall on August 29, 2021, the state had already lost nearly 2,000 miles of land, an area approximately the size of the state of Delaware. The loss of these wetlands, a natural hurricane protection system, is due in part to the levying of the Mississippi River, the creation of pipelines and shipping canals for the fossil fuel industry, and sea level rise brought on by climate change. Photographs for Louisiana, a print sale featuring the work of 26 photographers, seeks to raise funds for ongoing recovery efforts and a more equitable climate future across South Louisiana. All proceeds will benefit the work of Imagine Waterworks, Gulf Coast Center for Law and Policy, and Bayou Fund. Fantastic cause. Yeah. The one thing that I didn't see on their website that we talked about before, you know, when when Seeing in Black did that print sale and some of those images were then Mm -hmm. acquired by that curator at at the Whitney Museum. uh, And there was that big dust up because he was an institutional collector using a a charitable print sale. Uh, We saw a number of subsequent print sales use legal language to say you can't use this. For exhibitions. This is for personal use only. Little surprised mm-hmm. not to see that sort of language uh, on the website. But maybe in the checkout process it's there. Yeah. I didn't I didn't do any sort of checkout process, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I know. I'm especially surprised given the the large names that are contributing, um, such as Alec, you know, to this print sale. Honestly, this is a good way to get an, a good Alex Soth print for $150 that might double in value. You never know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, on that Twitter thread, there are a lot of people chiming in uh, with various uh, points of view. One of the things that I learned is that the Mississippi Atchafalaya River Basin, or MARB, covers 41% of the contiguous U.S., and it's the third largest river basin in the world. So all of this water starting up uh, in Minnesota and some of the watershed extends actually into Canada, all comes out through South Louisiana. It's like a wow. it's like a little faucet for the entire uh, North American continent <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's sort of amazing when you think about the, the vastness of that that watershed. Uh, but anyway, the the website again, photographsforlouisiana.com. Your last chance, Wednesday, October thirteenth. That brings us to the end of another show. Thanks for listening. Since you're here, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment or a rating. You can always tweet at us, good or bad, at Photoshelter. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Photoshelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.